<laughs> Hello. Ah. Come on. Hello. Hi. I make a podcast where I ask people where they're going. Oh, we're going on to Dog Beach over there. Shall we go across there so we don't get yeah, run yeah, over? Guys. That's an incredibly long lead. Well, it's sort of a training lead. She's a bit of a puppy. Woo. But being also a um, beagle. Oh. <laughs> a little bit bonkers. <laughs> What's her name, the bonkers beagle? Nala. Nala. Yeah. How long have you had her? Well, she's actually my daughter's. Oh. Um, she's well, she's about eight months now, oh. so had her since about November. Mm. Um, so Sophie is actually went down to a wedding in Cornwall, so I've been looking after my grandchildren. I've dropped one at school. Well done. But Harley, unfortunately, his school is on strike today. Oh. So we've come for a walk on the beach. I don't think Harley's too upset about it. No, it's funny that, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Blue sky, puppy, Beautiful. beach. I'm in Devon with my dog Pepper, sniffing out the sun, sand and sea air. What's it like um, being on grandma duty? Do you enjoy that? Oh, I love it. Always have. I'm really very fortunate that they just live at Avington Gifford. I live in Kingsbridge and Sophie's always happy for me to help and I love it when she asks me. Yeah. So, not a problem. Is it true what they said that it's sort of easier second time um, it's your reward for not killing your children <laughs> <laughs> was Sophie a wild child is no, that what you're saying no I had three girls and they were all actually very good yeah. Uh, but yeah being a nana is extremely special I had a quick question you're obviously local yeah. and this is a holiday place it's probably yeah. been busy over the weekend what's it like to be a local in a real holiday place um, it's remarkable because I've got this 12 months of the year so I, I totally get why people come here and fall in love with it. And I don't mind that. That's really, you know, you c- we can use it like today. There's nobody here. How did you end up here or are you from here? We moved from Surrey 26 years ago to take on a business, which I still run, an art gallery in Kingsbridge. Oh. So we've been there, it will be this month, 26 years. Wow. And we moved from a really lovely little area, but it was my husband wanted to break away from the London thing. And I said I'd give it four years and I'm still here. And did you know about art? I did, yeah. Um, I was looking at somewhere in Claygate, so I thought I'm going to give it a go and it went really well. There's a lot of talent around here, but my artists are um, quite widespread. I've got artists in Spain, all over the country, and I get to do art fairs, go up to London. Five days is enough. So if you didn't, if you knew a bit about art, but maybe not as much as you do now, you've had an education in the last 26 years. Absolutely. I I, am... it's uh, it's an honour to do what I do for the people that paint, and I, I yes I've learnt a lot. I've you know obviously over the years you make some mistakes, but you meet some very good artists and you promote them and they do well, and we you know we pay each other's bills and the world you know it's a good thing. It's a positive business. Nobody has anything from me because they need it. They have it because they fall in love with it. And it stays with them always. Everything else might change, their home, their decor, but their art will go with them. Oh, I love that. I hadn't really... Obviously, that's true. I've never really heard anybody articulate that before. That's why it's so special to do it. I wouldn't change it for the world. I love it. And the boys have grown up with it. My girls have grown up with it. I've ended up with my youngest daughter now working with me, which I never saw coming, but that was due to COVID. She came back. She's... She speaks French, Spanish, she was mostly working abroad and suddenly she came home. She's now working with me, not for me, definitely. She does all of this, she does yeah. all the Instagram and things for me, so that's taken it in a different direction. Mm. And that's, that's the beauty of it. 
And what did you mean when you said finally, because like your your beagles now disappeared into, <laughs> into well, the that, long grass? That's why we've got the long leaves. <laughs> yeah. What did you mean, it's an honour? Well, because those most of my artists say they can't sell. They just want to paint. So I get to know them. I get to know what they do and why they do it. And I represent them. So the joy then is you sell it and they're like, thank you. And they paint me some more or sculpt some more. I met the most amazing sculptor this weekend. He walked into my shop a few weeks ago, asked me if I'd go up to his studio in North Taunton, north of Exeter. He's a remarkable man and he wants me to represent him. I think that's just an absolute pleasure. So I said that was the final question. That was a bit of a fib. I have one more. So if you get to know the artists, what does it feel like then when somebody comes into the shop and is struck by one of those pieces of art? What will happen is they will ask me about the person. They've already decided, they've fallen in love with the painting, the sculpture. So they won't say to me, how is this done? If they do, they're probably doing a bit of sculpting themselves or they're an amateur painter. They want to know about the person behind it which is why I make the effort to know my artists and my sculptors. Mm. So I can talk to them about why they do it, where they've come from. And they've got, they've got such provenance. Mm. And I, I can relay that. Mm. Then the person's got the whole package. They've got the piece and they've got the knowledge about why it was made. Lovely thing to do. I feel like a lightning rod for creativity. Thank you. Thank <laughs> you, I'll take that. A lightning rod for creativity. <laughs> yeah. And we like to make it very accessible. Yes. We don't get into that art speak thing. No. <laughs> Have a lovely walk. Enjoy your strike day. Yeah, you, I definitely will. <laughs> you poor, poor child. <laughs> You're going now, little doggy. if you mind me asking you yeah. I'm recording I make a podcast called where are you going oh, right. you were the only person on the dog beach without a dog <laughs> oh yeah that's Shush. true I had a dog we had two dogs once one Polly and Shiva and mm. uh, they both passed away but so we decided to travel as well so we don't have a dog now where do you travel to um all over <laughs> Bali Indonesia Thailand New Zealand Europe going to France next week so all those things, you can't have a dog really, because, well, unless you've got a friend to look after them. That's a very good friend of mine there. Mm. So he's decided to have another dog because his dog's died as well. Mm. Um, so Riley's the new dog on the street. <laughs> on the block. <laughs> on the block, Riley, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's quite a character. So you'll look after Riley if he goes away, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I do. Yeah, we had him recently. Oh. Yeah, so that's why Riley knew me. So where's the passion for travelling come from? I've always travelled. Love it. Uh, but we live here. We yeah. live here on the hill here, so we love it here. So this is fine. It's great. Most of the summer we're here all summer. Yeah. Yeah. And what sort of travelling? Like holiday sun lounger no, travelling? No, no, no. We go exploring. So we just book a flight or go by. We're going to France in the van, and we'll camp. And when we travel, we just look around and go from one spot to another. Do it ad hoc. What's the hairiest moment you've had travelling? Oh gosh. <laughs> Well, there's been lots of those. Um, uh, 
I think maybe meeting a crocodile in a river once, wading through the river in Sri Lanka, and I was told by a monk that it was safe. So you go up the river and you'll find the forest and everything, it's good. Went up, sort of walked the river up in the middle, and <laughs> there was this great big rock in the middle of the river and a massive crocodile laying on it. And he decided to slip into the water right in front of me. And I was there, like, up to my waist with a stick, and, oh, God, I didn't know what to do. So, obviously, you panic. And we made our way to the side and uh, made it without losing our legs. <laughs> but we went to the wrong side of the river oh. and we were now stuck on the wrong side of the river in a thick jungle. <laughs> we climbed a tree because my girlfriend then was Australian <laughs> and she said, oh, look, crocodiles can run. We've got to get up a tree or something. So you climbed a tree? We climbed a tree, sat there for a couple of hours and then had to cross the river. <laughs> get back to the monk and say look you know what that thing you said about the safe and everything is not true it's really creepy oh he said oh yeah that crocodile we know it quite well it comes up here every now and then but i thought it had left you know <laughs> maybe the monk didn't like you very much that was one no, so before you had the freedom to travel and explore what did you do for a living well i was traveling when i was youngster so any any opportunity um and I've done. I've never had a proper job. I've always been self-employed, so just a bunch of things, different things. There's a restaurant, a shop. I've taught yoga, done some training work, um, worked for children's society for a bit. But yeah, so everything's been a bit spasmodic, but worked out. Yeah. <laughs> what have you learned? Like you must have met so many what different people. What have I learned? Oh, loads yeah. of stuff. I've learned that uh, living is great, and that uh, you know we're all connected, and this place is wonderful. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and does that feel like a sort of sweeter or bittersweeter, sadder memory as one gets older? No, no, no. As you get older, it's okay. It, it just, I, I'm walking now a little bit stiff, a little bit achy. I've done my yoga. I'm now walking. I'm going to sail this afternoon. I've got a catamaran and at three or four o'clock, the tide's coming in. I'm very excited about that. So I'm saving myself for that because that's a lot of hard work. I've got to pull this thing up and down the beach. It's quite heavy. <laughs> <laughs> and then we've got to sail it out here on an offshore force four say and a little swell hopefully we can surf it as well yeah and the day is gorgeous isn't it so Absolutely yeah gorgeous. Fantastic one. enjoy your sail that sounds like heaven yeah it's going to be hopefully yeah bye-bye thanks for talking luckily no crocodiles where i take a dip in devon <laughs> i'm Catherine carr and this is where are you going the music is composed by Edwin Pearson and the production is looked after by the team at Loftus Media. If you're enjoying the stories on this show, please go to wherever you find your podcasts and rate and review us. It really helps others to discover us. Thanks very much for listening. Where Are You Going is shortlisted for the Listener's Choice in this year's British Podcast Awards. If you have 30 seconds to spare, please support the podcast by voting for us at www.britishpodcastawards.com forward slash voting. The link is also in the show notes and we would be so grateful if you were able to do it for us. You never know, it might mean that we get to do things like make tote bags and I'm sure you'd like one of those. You just never know. Thanks for listening.